and today we are coming live from Everyday Heroes, the series that covers the informational things. And today we got some really creative inventions that are helping to save the world. Let's go. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Rob. This is Everyday Heroes. I apologize. A little bit of a pressure headache again. So we are going to just go with the flow, right? Today, we're going to talk about something that we talk about a lot on here. And in fact, people talk about every day all over the world, TV, books, what have you. We need ways to make the world a better, cleaner, and all around safer place. But what do you do when the ideas of old don't really stay true to the ideas of new? Well, greenisthenewblack.com wrote an excellent blog that we're going to put up here with a bunch of ideas that some places have begun. Now, we're not going to talk about this alone because you can't fight the world by yourself. So my other Avenger is back with me. Let's welcome her back. So close up. There you are. All right. Now we're good. <laughs> you have returned all right so what a great one to return on because this is going to be a fun one to talk about for sure so first up on their list what is something that we use daily that i have on right now brightly colored well textiles what about it is the problem well the dyes that are usually used to make all sorts of colored things whether it's clothing stuffed animals or even carpet for that matter usually has stuff in it that isn't so hot for the environment. Now, obviously, it's okay for us because we use the products, but it's not great for Mother Earth. Enter a company called Colorifics. They have figured out a way to, biologically uh, using nature, develop dyes that have fewer chemicals, fewer energy usage, and even uses 10 times less water. Boom. Um, you can actually find them on YouTube. Going back to the way textiles used to be. What a thought. Um, if you want to see them, you can uh, find them on, you can find some videos on YouTube. Uh, C-O-L-O-R-I-F-I-X. But just Google them. Um, again, many of the things we're talking about today may not be officially done fully. But the fact in places, and this one specifically is uh, starting in China, or Asia generally, because they're the ones that are usually making the most and they're the ones that are smack dab in the middle of the problem. So what better place to start than there and hopefully spread it out to the world? So that's a pretty cool one, right? Right off the bat, we have one that is pretty amazing. One that, you know, not even as a fashion person. Yeah. Really, I'm not one to be fashion forward, but if I know that my stuff that I'm using is used with more natural substance, kudos, right? Now, this next one is hilarious, but it's kind of a funny idea. What about a giant vacuum cleaner for smog? Now, you personally, you would love I would this, love right? I love that. Now, you suffer from asthma, so anybody yeah. who suffers from some sort of breathing problem, smog is the worst. Or even just someone like me with allergies, pollution is bad. So the Smog Free Project, a campaign, a campaign for clean air led by Don Rusgard, 
has created a smog-free tower that literally sucks pollution out of the air. It comes equipped with environmentally friendly technology, cleans 300, uh, mm, mm, I guess, square miles per hour, and uses a small amount of green electricity. It literally is a giant vacuum cleaner. So this one, I think we should probably talk about for a second. So the textile thing is, 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 uh, cool. Yeah, the textile thing is something we should have done for a while, but the giant vacuum cleaner, this is like some Jetsons age stuff, right? This is something that you would only see in a space, you know, show. So now, okay, now granted, it's a campaign and obviously they probably made maybe one so far. What's the, what's well, the issue here, right? I would say the first thing is exhibitions. Yeah, so this I would say the first issue probably. In, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at since 2000, I've done several in China, one in Poland, uh, Korea, kind of cool, the Netherlands, which I think is where they're originally from. Uh, words in Netherlands. This is a wonderful idea. So this is one of those things where I know people are going to go, but wait a minute, wait a minute, there's probably a caveat, right? So what do we think wise as far as monetarily speaking goes? Because this probably is not going to be a cheap machine, right? This is probably going to be something that's going to take a lot of, of money. So theoretically, you named off a few. So we have a lot of Asian countries and then we have a lot of European countries, specifically Poland and Netherlands. So from there, is there anything to surmise of how we can maybe set these up more cheaply and maybe have it work over a greater span? Do you think that's something that this would work for? Still in what we would call the concept stage. And so, but what, what's, what, oh, and they're even talking about the smog eating billboard, a, a better eating billboards that would do the same thing thing is the towers are easier to do um they've got one set up in mexico that would be cool but surface that attracts and purifies the the particles of contamination in the air interesting idea because um because the first thing that it made me um when you think think about traveling to space you have to scrub the air because we humans produce we have to scrub that for the okay. oxygen so that we can, can constantly the air. And so I kind of wonder if this is a similar cut. It takes it in and scrubs it. But I bet they're working with engineers all over the planet to come up with new and better. This is a cool concept. I yeah. hope that it keeps going either because, boy, this would be so nice to do. And if they, they could have, like, where I live, and we are troubled by the forest fires, that when the smoke right. just pop up, okay, it's a smoke day. Scrub the air. Get it we can breathe again. Have them in L.A. and San Francisco, you know. New York, every place that's that's troubled by 
by smog or, 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 you know, any place that's been hit with, um, with any sort of get all the crap that's in the air afterwards. This is an amazing concept. It doesn't say anything about price. So yes, I, I think you are correct. It's probably a very, this time, yes. but yes. All right. Well, yes, the next one do. here might yes. be a little bit cheaper. We don't know. How about a lamp powered by salt water? Uh, aptly called mm. salt, sustainable alternative lighting. You get it? Ha ha. It's a lamp that's exclusively powered by salt and water, otherwise known as saline. Now, for me, I'm an allergy sufferer. Guess what I have in my bathroom? Saline solution. You can buy it over the counter. So, what's the big deal here? Well, whether it's the light bulbs or the batteries, those two things are very hard to get rid of. Now, we talked about before, uh, one of the Amazon products we found was the rechargeable battery machine that basically mm -hmm. allowed you to use them because batteries don't die as quickly as other things should. Now, as far as the light bulbs go, I believe you can get rid of them quicker now, but still, it is glass. It's a very functional material. It's hard to get rid of. So... What do we think about a lamp that you literally would insert? Now, it's funny about this because you think electricity and water doesn't mix, right? But there's a way to do it where you actually, and this is started in the Philippines, but you literally would insert yeah. uh, saline into um, your, your lamp to make it flow. Now, this is kind of like that hamster wheel thing, right? It's that idea right. like if you get something moving, you can keep the power on. I think this is an interesting idea. However, because of the LED and because of the new lighting, is this something that's really as important as it might have been? Or do you think this is just something that they came up with because it's a cool idea? Because to be honest with you, the, the light bulbs that we have now, at least in our home, it's the energy resourceful ones. So I'm not sure how this one would really do any difference other than saving me money on buying light bulbs you know what i mean well, so I, I think that this would be better for somebody who doesn't have standard electricity because they were talking about carbon footprint but this is great for people who live along the water can power the lamp and it's a great great idea and when you think about it there's a live along the oceans or along salt Waterways. So this is a good that for like island nations, island you know, places that are literally surrounded. Um, I'm thinking about places around the ocean, um, places around um, um, the Asians, even um, Australia, New Zealand, that they're all surrounded by salt water. Communities that don't have the same access to um, you know, our power grid with all of it still far more stable than there are have that kind of stability. And so something like this would be really handy in this nation alone. When Edison's light bulbs started going out and the idea um, lighted, you know, lampposts that weren't guided by gas when people's hided by um electricity and not gas the change in the change 
changes to how we operated as a civilization change so that it, it just makes a huge difference. You know, we were no longer um, contractions of the sun. You know, we can work late. We can work early. We can do all sorts as a community and as a family that we couldn't do before. So of advantage for the, those who live along the ocean that don't have a, a, a source. Now, okay. it's something that they're saying that um, charge your smartphone using the lamp, which is a, um, you know, no, this planet, uh, smartphones have become a necessity. They are not a luxury. They are a necessity. Um, you know, you could have this operate eight hours a day, every day. Um, for That would be a huge advantage to many people. So this could be a big game changer in some places. And it's just okay. and then take be taken further and further. So it's just step one in a big idea. All right. Well, it sounds good to me. And I think I do agree with you. The island nations, even places like maybe the small islands of Hawaii, the small islands of Indonesia, any of those places could probably use something like that. So great ideas. Next one we're going to go over here is paper made from stone. Now, the big deal here, according to the World Wildlife Federation, is that 40% of industrial logging is strictly for uh, paper usage or some sort of paper-related product. Obviously, the big deal here, deforestation. You know, those yeah. birds, those creatures, they need a place to go, right? Well, Karst creates paper, Karst is the company, without timber, water, chlorine, or acid. They use it by stones. <clears throat> they have a machine that can break it down into minimalist, functional, and beautiful products that double, and they're also durable and brighter than traditional paper. Now, again, if you want to look them up more up, you can find them on YouTube. This one is strictly, I'm going to say, and you know, there's not not too much I'd say and against this one. If this is true, and if this is purposeful, and this is something you can do regularly, you know, white mainstream, this would do wonders for forest populations. Now, you know, I'm sure you've seen commercials yeah. for companies like Charmin and, and uh, Bounty. Every time you buy, they plant, I don't know, 30 acres of trees, whatever, whatever the number is, you know, they, they put money back in the planting, right? And that's great and all, but you kind of be, you're kind of being counter counterproductive because what you're doing is you're really, you're not mooting new, you're replacing what you took down, which doesn't really help the situation because you're not making The number of years it takes exactly. for it to get to where it was from the tree you cut down. And you've already cut down for the species that lived in there. And, you know, they leave, do they care, do they, you know, what really happens? And it's weird when you see how many tree products we actually use. It, it, and with the current paper shortages that we are having in, in the United States, whether you're talking, I mean, everything from um, letterhead, business, um, Journals, uh, um, uh, paper everywhere. You know, printer. The the paper you 
write your homework assignments on. And of course, towels, um, uh, toilet paper. So the fact that more better resources, um, there's a huge movement to go back to the small towels for cleaning up things. And, and so you don't, um, you know, just throw things away and you use that paper product anymore or those types of messes where you don't want to, you know, keep exactly. the cloth out. But it just, I'm looking this up and this is absolutely what I feel like. I'm, and just kind of see what it looks like. The fact that it's made from blows my mind. I want to know what it looks like and feels like. And I have, you know, they talk, talk about it. It's waterproof, tear resistant, recyclable, free, friction free writing, 60% lower carbon footprint power to make things. But you're not using trees themselves. The coolest thing. Yeah, and my I, assumption is when it that, comes to using rocks, when it comes to using rocks, you're probably you know you're not really running out of stone. And I believe I could be wrong, but from watching a bunch of those shows on Discovery about mining for gold, you can you can kind of repurpose dirt and rocks into things. You there's always some sort of version of it. So my guess is if this gets off the ground or if it already is off the ground, it probably can be helpful. Now I don't think there's going to be a shortage of rocks per se. But you're right. I am kind of curious to see what it feels like, maybe what it smells like, what, you know, how it used. I would be one to test that out. Like if they wanted to send me a pack to me right on, I'd be happy to be their billboard and be like, this is freaking awesome. So I got to figure out where to find that. But next up here, now this one is crazy. And this one you might appreciate because I know in your company with all the files and everything you have. What about data coming out of plants? So big business equals big data, which unfortunately kills the planet. Giant data farms now occupy vast swaths of land and consume amounts of electricity. By 2025, global data centers will use more than 25% of our global energy. That's a quarter of the entire thing. That is freaking crazy. A young lady named Monica Seyfried, no relation to the other, uh, took action and created Grow Your Own Cloud a biotech company storing data in the DNA of plants. This all-new cloud storage has the potential to store all of the world's data in just one kilogram of DNA. And if she has anything to do with it, we can expect to see data forests popping up soon. Now, this one I'm going to have to go into more because I couldn't find a direct link to it. But what do we think? Do we, is, we have the cloud for the computer, right? We have Apple where we keep everything in there. What do we now? Now, I don't realize that all the cloud is is so people are used to okay, your company in a room in your company, you had these big boxes of computers, and that's where all your data was. Is that means you take all, all your data and it's not kept on your property, it's kept with Apple, Amazon, any of those major companies, and they keep like we have a massive switch farm out in. Nevada. They actually have one in Southern Nevada too. And it's a large, large building that's uh, just filled with individual company servers. And that's all the cloud. It's still a physical thing. It's still someplace. And 
so these clouds they're down here on the ground and so those buildings have to be somewhere they have to be cooled contained they have to have security so all those things you would have in a building you still have those carbon footprints you still have that power that's being used you still have all that so the concept of, of this and there's a couple of different companies that apparently are doing one and i don't know it just i i understand how this works and i want to understand more <laughs> By using yeah, this might be one that we just this we might just bypass this to a later day, but I thought it was kind of interesting to bring up because who knows? Now speaking of plants that we can talk about here, stationary that doubles as vegetables. Yes. So as we talked ago, staggering eighty thousand trees are cut down, but this time specifically for fourteen billion pencils. So just for pencils. 80,000 trees every year. Think about that number, guys. Think about that for a second. So a designer named Radhika Mayani wanted to create an alternative line of pencils and notebooks that can live a second life as plants. She now has made stationery, everything from pencils to notebooks to greeting cards, that are loaded with seeds. When you get down to that stub and you can't use your pencil, you pop it in the ground. I mean, you probably have to do something with it, I'm sure. You pop it in the ground, you plant, and boom, you now have an herb and vegetable garden. Now, again, I got to figure out what kind of vegetables you can grow, but my assumption is it's probably a wide array. You know, you can probably find tomatoes, whatever you want. This, my friend, I think is probably one of the coolest things that we've seen so far on this list. I love how many times have you and I talked about upcycling before? This is like upcycling yeah. times 12. So think about it, guys. You guys send a letter or you guys get a letter. All right, what happens to the envelope? You throw it in the garbage, right? Well, what if that envelope had vegetable seeds or herbs or fruits? It doesn't matter what's in there. You pop that in the ground. You do what you got to do. You probably you put your mulch, you do whatever, and... In however many weeks, whatever it takes, you will have food or something edible. I'm sure she's probably doing it with uh, flowers, just just flowering plants, you know, just things to beautify. This, see, of the things we talked about so far, this is the idea that we need to get behind mainly. The and again, I don't get political, but this is this is the issue I find. We think that we can fix what we've done and you can't. What we can do is try to at least repurpose and reuse what we've screwed up and see if we can redo it. Now, again, companies like Sharman that replant trees, that's great. I have nothing against that. I think it's wonderful they do that. However, you need to not cut down so many to begin with. And if you can do stuff like this, you won't have to replant so many trees because they're already going to be there. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a funny concept, but it's true. So this is one of those things that I personally take, you know, too hard because anytime, and again, I think you'd agree. I've talked about my mom as well. I talk about my wife. Anytime we can do something to repurpose anything, mm -hmm. it's kind of cool and it's useful. And, you know, tomorrow on one of my, one of my special shows we're doing, we're going to be talking about crafting and some of the crafts we're going to talk about are from 
old garbage, you know, soda bottles and yogurt cups. So keep in mind as we go through these, this is not that weird. It's just you have to put your, your money behind it. And, and that's the thing. I get it. Money is the problem because not everybody wants to put it in. But if you get people to just put a few bucks behind it, give it a couple of years, you'll get your money back in, you know yeah. what I mean? So I know I kind of went off on a rant there, but you get where I'm going right now. Good rant. This next rant. It's a good rant. It's a good rant. Because it, it just, there's, there's movement going on and it, it started a few decades ago, but, but it's really where, you know, so there's new ways we can look at things. There's new ways, you know, Lake Tahoe, um, which I live very near to, um, just a new ordinance that the single-use water bottles um, with 2024 all in and around the water because it's the single biggest pollution. Now, they will be available for emergency purposes only, but they will also have walls, which is a big push. And by having those, a lot of people, everyone loves their their Yetis or their their they're much much cheaper than Yetis and just as good. It just we all love our cups now and we keep using them and it's so nice when you have, have those companies who go, hey look here here's a water fountain that you sold. All right. Well, this next one here, I think is hilarious. I don't know with my OCD if I would eat it after using it. What about cutlery you can eat? Now, this is not the first time I've heard about this. This is an old thing that I've heard about. I've heard about some A of these. A company in India called Bakey's is onto something. They have made edible cutlery free of chemicals, preservatives, and even milk products. So those who are lactose intolerant, there's not even any milk inside of these. They sell each set at the same cost as regular plastic cutlery, making it easy to switch. So there's no difference in price. And as they call it, you get the Willy Wonka-esque vibes of eating your spoon after having your bowl of soup or whatever it is. Now, I like the idea. Now, now I will say one thing because you brought the water bottle thing. I do drink out of them for personal mental health reasons. I am very OCD about what I touch to my face and whatever. I know it is a horrible thing to be using, but I will go to my grave saying, because of the difficulties I have, I have to use certain things that I do. Am I happy about doing it? Mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes, whatever. But I do my best to take those things and purpose them to something else. So I just want to throw it out there. I get a lot of people that I talk to regularly and they're like, oh, don't you feel, you know, no, I don't really feel horrible about doing something to help me feel better. You know, like I'm doing this because I don't want to unravel and have a panic attack. So, you know, you brought the water bottle thing and I get it. And I understand, generally speaking, it's a bad idea. But I do want to let people know that if you are out there watching and you do something in a way that might be against what the normal is, don't feel bad about doing it. Yes, it might not be the best for the, the whole as a thing. But if you have to do something because it makes you function better for the moment. I just want to throw it out there because I've gotten called out on on times going, well, you're not really environmental if you do it. I'm like, dude, just chill. So I just want to throw that out because no, a lot of- None of us claim to be. <laughs> so I just want to throw that out there. Now, on to another plastic bottle. 
These are called air cons. With global temperatures rising, air con is a luxury that most can't afford to live without. But what happens to those? Oh, air conditioning. Ha ha ha. Air con. I've never heard air conditioning called air con. Wow. All right. So that's what they creator... call it in Europe. Wow. That's nuts. Okay. So a company called Eco Coolers has a design that uses empty plastic soda bottles to air condition your home. So there you go, guys. That actually proves my point right there. It's not having the product that's problematic. It's the fact that decades and decades of not knowing what to do about it, that's right. where we're at. A plastic bottle itself is not a bad thing. It's a very important thing. It's a very it's useful thing. the fact thing. that it's one use and then people throw in that there's never... But it's no know, longer a one it use because there are... Is it reuse is it you know there's so many different ways to do it and and you know if nothing try to recycle them that's all we ask <laughs> but right. i like because that concept is something that my husband used to do he used to um freeze them and then put it in front of a fan and that's how he used to cool me off when we didn't have there you go. So you were cool before cool was cool, right? All right. So the last <laughs> one we're going to go over on the list here really quick before we end up here is sustainable tent with everything you need. A tent that can collect rainwater, store solar energy, Ooh. and provide a collapsible shelter. Sounds cool, right? Well, Weaving a Home, that's the company, beautifully designed a tent that does this. But it's also to help refugees in need who might need a place to stay in between. So not only are they making a device that is good for the earth, but they're also doing a device that is good for humanity. Now, I will tell you from a Boy Scout point of view, because I did Boy Scouts and I camped for a while, having any product in the middle of nowhere that will do everything for you is key. You've seen those pocket knives that have like multi-tools, right? You've seen the straws that now can take contaminated water into clean water. Yeah. All of that stuff is important. So why not have a tent that not only is used as your shelter, but can also store some energy and even collect some water to maybe use for a later time. And hey, use one yeah. of those, those water things to clean the water. You now have a fresh, clean mm -hmm. bottle of water without having to go anywhere. So. As you can see, guys, it's a very That's big... brilliant. It's brilliant, right? Now, you can tell from this article, and this is just one of many. I, I literally went back and forth between different articles. This is the best one I thought I liked the most. But this is a subject we'll go over more and more as we go. The important thing to know is that it's not just to talk about it, but to do it. And these companies are doing it well. Mm -hmm. But if you can, when you go to the website that I put up there, click on their links because you can go to their website. You can do... A lot of them are asking for, you know, some sort of donation because obviously they need to start this up. It's a startup. They need right. to But if you can't help monetarily, you can probably spread the word. You can share it on your social media, whatever it is you got to do. Um, I've read so many times where 16-year-olds are the faces behind these products. So to say that you have to be 50, 60, 70 years old to do something, nope, no. you can do this. The minute you get it. Amazing. So 
If you learn anything today, guys, I would recommend just go out there and see what you can do. And don't feel bad about how you're doing what you're doing. It's not the doing of what you're doing. It's what we do with the process afterwards. Um, we talked about it before. Toilet paper rolls, great for bird feeders. Water bottles, great for dog water bottles when you go on a hike. Mm -hmm. um, what else do we have? Plastic cutlery. You can actually make a lamp out of plastic spoons that you hang on the wall. And all you do is glue them together and you have a fancy lamp that looks like you bought it from Pier 1. So do what you can do, but always keep in mind of what you can do for the rest of the world. And especially in a day, time like today with everything happening, being safe, being secure, and being healthy, most importantly, is a big deal. We need the earth to be healthy in order for us to be healthy. Right? Yes. Right. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. I know this was kind of a deep, in-depth conversation. Wouldn't do it with anybody else but Victoria here. As always, if you haven't yet, go find her on the Disneyverse and Marku42, along with the Disney Librarian. All three of those podcasts can be found anywhere podcasts are sold. If you haven't found me yet, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, click that like and that subscribe. You'll be notified. We have a brand new Ultra Universe live tomorrow after, uh, afternoon. We got a new video in the morning. Might get you in the morning. Who knows? Either way, have fun, stay curious, and as always, thanks for watching, guys. Bye.